We're going to talk about Canada's quarantine rules for travelers arriving in the country. As you know, they're um, not all that straightforward in many ways, and in many ways, they're not all that effective. You do have to stay in a government-approved hotel for 72 hours, unless you really don't want to and you're willing to pay a fine, then you don't have to. And if you come across a land border, those rules don't apply. So there's always been more than a few issues around this, as we know. Now we're moving into the post-pandemic vaccinated and unvaccinated world, and the advisory panel that works with Ottawa is suggesting they make some changes. Dr. Isaac Bogosh is on that panel, and he joins us now. Um, Doctor, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to chat. Um, so last week, your panel made a number of suggestions to the federal government around this international traveler situation, and some of them at least meant to address some of the issues with the current system. The bottom line here, the mandatory quarantine hotel plan needs to go away, if not in all situations, in most situations, right? It's not working as well as it could. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think the, the way that we looked at it was, listen, we're in a period of rapid transition, yeah. right? The, the, the plan we have now, currently, is a pre-vaccine era plan, and we're in an era of mass vaccination. Many people have had a first dose, still got to get everyone a first dose, and then we're starting to roll out second doses now, and probably by the end of the summer, anyone who wants a second dose will probably have had access to a second dose. Your border measures should be kept up to date with the current risk and threats to Canada. And, and of course, we're in a rapidly changing landscape, so the border measure should keep up with this. The policy should definitely keep up with this. Yeah, and doesn't that sort of go hand-in-hand hand with the fact, the push to get everybody vaccinated? There has to be a benefit to it, right? You have to be able to oh, see that yeah. th- this, this is the reason we're doing it. 100%. I mean, like, you can't ignore that the vaccines are very, very effective. They're not perfect, but they're very, very effective. They afford the person who's vaccinated significant protection from getting this infection. If you're unlucky enough to get this infection, you're afforded significant protection from having a severe outcome. And all the evidence is mounting that you're, even if you are infected, you're just much less likely to transmit this to others. Like that's what they do. And that's great. We have to acknowledge that. And we can, the whole point of this is to get, or shift, uh, you know, along that spectrum toward normalcy. Exactly, yeah. So now, in the report that you gave to the federal government, you sort of identified, because nothing is going to be clear-cut even after we get this, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of different categories and subcategories. So you've basically identified five different kinds of travelers. Let's go through them quickly if we can. First of all is the exempt travelers, the, the, the essential workers, the ones who've basically been able to cross the border already. What do you think they need to be doing? I mean, if they're vaccinated, they, like, first of all, they've been crossing the border the whole time. Uh, rightfully so, without vaccines. And now there, there is a push to really get, to, in many provinces, to vaccinate, for example, truckers. There's a great program on the North Dakota-Manitoba border, for example, to, to vaccinate uh, truckers, right? Like, <laughs> we need them. Yeah, <laughs> they are yeah. truly essential. We don't make enough stuff in Canada. We need them for essential things like food. <laughs> you know, like, so, so let's protect them. They're going back and forth one way or another. May as well make sure they're vaccinated. But yeah, they don't need to quarantine. They don't need to be quarantining at all. Now, the, the big one is the unvaccinated travelers, right? That, that's going to be the issue. The ones that aren't vaccinated, even as most people are, what are we saying what they need to do? Does it, everything stay the same for them? No, I mean, obviously this is contentious, but, uh, and, and I appreciate that people are going to have strong opinions one way or another. But this is, while we're in an interim period, while COVID-19 is still a public health threat in Canada and elsewhere, uh, the, the point is they, they can quarantine. They don't need to quarantine for 14 days. They don't need to quarantine in a hotel. They quarantine in, you know, their, wherever it is they live. 
for uh, uh, seven days, and if you've got your negative test, gets you out of quarantine in seven days. Okay, so much, much less onerous. It's a much yeah. easier process, way better. Absolutely. Now, the interesting one, and we know this is a big issue in a lot of different areas of the country, is this half-vaxxed situation, right, where you've got one of your two doses. Um, what's the protocol for them you recommend? So we know one dose gives uh, significant protection, but not enough. Like, you could still get this infection and transmit it. So you still need uh, testing before you travel back into the country, negative testing before you travel back into the country. When you arrive, there's testing at the border. Very important to get testing when you come in. you got to have a good understanding of what virus you have in your country and what virus you may be importing into your country. You quarantine until your test on arrival is negative. If it's negative, you're good to go. Is that perfect? No, it's not perfect. It will catch most, but certainly not all people with infections coming into the country. But but again, you're aiming for really, really good, not perfection. Exactly, yeah. So the gold standard here, of course, is fully vaccinated. Are they free and clear? That's it? They're back to normal? None of this nonsense anymore? Essentially, you're still going to get a... You don't need pre-travel swabs, so you don't need that pre-travel swab. And then when when you cross the border... You will get a swab. I think that's fair because we know that people still can have this infection and, and transmit it. You've got to have a good understanding of what's coming into the country if people are infected. But you don't need to quarantine. You know, you're, okay. you're good to go when you come in. Listen, if your test comes back positive, you'll you'll, sure. you'll get informed and you should, you know, sit this one out for a few days. And that's okay. I think that's reasonable. You don't want to infect other people. But uh, we know the risk of that is really, really low. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's just if people are vaccinated, they're afforded a lot more freedom to travel and cross the border. Simultaneous, that makes it a lot more simple. And it also provides Canadians with a lot more freedom to to travel. Now, Doc, it it sounds great, but there's... I, I can see the bureaucracy and, and and actually managing this program could be complicated. First of all, how do we know the level of vaccination for a person coming in? I mean, there's no standardized system, really. I mean, provinces have this, states have this. How do we know the vaccination state of somebody coming into the country? Yep, that's going to be a huge issue. And that's not an issue that's just uh, a Canadian issue. That's a massive yeah. global issue. So there's current efforts underway to standardize one status of vaccination. So I, I honestly don't know the answer to this. I mean, that's way above my pay grade, but it's an extremely important thing to answer, right? You you need to know, right? Yeah. And you need to know in a reliable way. You can always forge. We know there's people who can forge this. Sure. Maybe I'm just, I'm just totally thinking out loud here, right? Is there a standardized electronic way that this could be added to your travel documents? Is there, you know, a standardized, there's got to be a standardized global approach because quite frankly, I mean, forget what our personal values are. You know, some people like this, some people don't like this. Great, irrelevant in in one sense, because many countries around the world are going to be asking for proof of vaccination to cross an international border. People can choose to get vaccinated one way or another. That's their individual choice. Okay, People can choose to travel one way or another. That's their individual choice. But sovereign countries will determine who can and cannot come into their country. And if they want proof of vaccination, it doesn't matter what you feel and believe or choose to do or choose not to do. You won't be able to go in if you don't have proof of vaccination. So Canada has to also come up with a way to uh, essentially validate and st- uh, our, our, our vaccine status in a matter that enables Canadians who choose to be vaccinated to travel freely if we choose to do so. Yeah, it is going to be very, very complex. The other one is, okay, so now we're saying people no longer need to go to these government-mandated hotels and, and quarantine there. You're saying they can just quarantine at home how do we make sure they even have a plan and how do we make sure they're following through with that 72-hour self-quarantine 
Yeah, so so that's a that's a great point. I mean, the same could be said for how do we make before we have those quarantine hotels. People had to still do have to quarantine at home, right? They have border uh, um, uh, officials who do make phone calls and occasional visits to uh, individual uh, individual homes to make sure people are right. where they should be. Um, is it perfect? No, of course not. And again, I don't think you can aim for perfection. You're aiming for good enough and something that's reasonable that keeps Canada safe, something that essentially prevents you know, outbreaks from occurring. And also, the, I think it's important to note that we, we need to have, it's important to know what's circulating out in the world and also in Canada. I think that's important. We've only seen well, how many variants of concern emerge overseas and then land yeah. in Canada. We've got to know what's happening. So the survey, the, the, I use the word surveillance. That's not the right word. My dad tells me not to use that word. People get scared when they hear the word surveillance. Testing. We need testing of people when they come into the country so we have a good understanding of, of what virus we're bringing into Canada. Hey, just before I let you go, there is one more category that we didn't touch on that's kind of interesting. Um, you're saying that those people who can prove they've had COVID in the last six months, somehow, and again, I don't know how that works, they um, should be you know, basically in the same category as fully vaccinated people, correct? Yeah, you're, you're the unli- it's very unlikely that you're going to get this infection again. Now, remember, these are just recommendations, right? Yes, yeah. The federal government can take them, they can leave them, they can cherry-pick some of them, like... They can apply it whenever they feel it's appropriate to apply it. This is just a standardized way, a playbook, if you will, for when we take those next steps and start to reopen the border. Um, if I can ask, I mean, can this be a national program? I mean, we know that in Alberta they're throwing the doors wide open. It could happen in a couple of weeks. Meanwhile, um, in Ontario, Ford is asking for more border restrictions and wants more quarantine and things like that. So, I mean, it's not going to apply universally, at least in the short term, is it? Well, I mean, the, the national borders are up to the are are, are federal, right? right? Yeah, and so so, I mean, I think it's going to take again way above my pay grade here, but I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of diplomacy between federal and provincial political leadership as to what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. And again, this is just a playbook. I have no idea if they're going right, to accept yeah. this or some of this or other of it. But they asked us for a playbook on how to move forward in this transitionary period that we're in when more and more Canadians are vaccinated. We felt that this was an evidence-based and data-driven playbook. Doc, I appreciate the insight, and we'll look forward to seeing what the government does with it. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. That's Dr. Isaac Bogosh, who is a physician, and he is on that advisory panel that is working uh, with the federal government. He also works on the Ontario advisory panel. And as I said, he's right. You know, the national border is totally under the jurisdiction of the federal government. But if they've got Alberta saying, hey, throw it open, we're done. And you've got Ontario in the same month saying, hey, we need more quarantine rules. We need to get tighter. Um, how does that look? Do we all wait? Until everybody, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and as and as um, Dr. Bogosh said, those decisions are being made in Ottawa, and uh, he's simply making recommendations and advising them on what the science shows them is their best course of action. It's going to be interesting to see how this rolls out, though. And uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works. And the other question that, that we asked is, okay, so you say you're vaccinated. Well, how do you, how do you prove that? I mean, how, how does that work? Do we have some sort of standardized thing? Does it show up on your passport? I don't know. There are so many questions to be asked 